At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Wait, Wait what? what? Really? really? Okay. Okay. With your host, Lauren Weissman. This is a fully licensed theme song for the show about stuff that makes you say, Wait, Wait what? what? Really? really? Okay. okay. Why do we use words like love when we don't mean them? Episode 49 of Wait, What? Really? Okay. And timing correctly, I believe this is coming out the day before Valentine's Day. And to still be clear, I am not a relationship expert. No way. What I am is a brand precision marketing strategist and counselor, and I look to different words. Words become the root of the brand. This is before the logo, the font, the colors. Those things help. But right now, nobody's searching for your color to find out your business. However, a lot of times they're asking questions, they're searching words, they're searching phrases, they're looking for the way that they can get what they need. And just because you worked with some SEO expert, which half the time when it comes to getting your brand name up in the rankings, you don't need to if you put everything up correctly, but even, even we'll just go there and say you did. You put up the name of your business, you, you know, it, it's popping right up. Here's the problem. No one's searching the name of your business. They're searching phrases for what they're looking for. They're asking questions to Siri, to Alexa. They're putting things into YouTube. A lot of people search on YouTube. They're putting into Google, into Bing, into Yahoo. And if you aren't presenting the right words, the right keywords, the right keyword phrases, then you're not being found. And yeah, you can spend a whole bunch of money and you can pump up and it's, it's like drugs. You now pop up and you get this click through or you get that, but it's all paid for. And once it's done, you go back down to nothing. So why do we use words like love? Why do we use oversaturated words like right now and all the crazy headlines? Go on to Facebook, go on to Twitter, go look at those phrases that Everybody says, and they're using those oversaturated words like unique, different, innovative, never been done before. Click here. You've got to see this. The, the whole gamut of them. And it gets old and people are tired of them. So you're presented with a situation where it's finding the words, the phrases, the questions, the answers, the titles that are going to draw people into you at the same time parallel road here, you're being presented with the challenge to really find words that are going to connect with people. It's not using the same phrases over and over again because people have heard them and it's getting old. So how do you take away the assumptions? How do you draw that interest? How do you stand out with, without saying, I'm standing out? One of the things to look at, and it's the name of this episode, not using words in a way that everybody else is, or not using certain words in ways or framing them where it has that oversaturation to it. Do you truly love chocolate cake? And 
there are a few friends of mine in Los Angeles that I know genuinely have a strange affection uh, and desire for chocolate cakes. So in their cases, in that rare point, yeah, okay, for them it's true. But in the definition, an, an intense feeling of deep affection, a person or thing that one loves, feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to. These are three of the core definitions of love. I love that quarterback. Well, um, okay. Do you really love that quarterback? Or are you a big fan of that quarterback? Or do you find that quarterback's ability to be amazing? How can you describe, as opposed to just using simplified words that can help you stand out? It's, it's the extrapolation of content to draw people into the headline or the words or the phrases or the sentences or whatever you're saying. And to simplify, that's stupid. Can you take stupid to a different level? You know, when I wrote Music Business for Dummies for Wiley and Sons, um, the came back and I couldn't use the word thing. And I found that fascinating. The editor would send back edits to fix what was wrong and Anybody that knows me and my grammar, there was a lot wrong, but they would take different parts and say, okay, explain thing. Don't use the word thing. This one thing that you need to know, okay, explain what that thing is and why you need to know it. And inside of that, it helped me dig in a little bit deeper. And I never thought about it from that approach. You look at many of these life coaches, you look at these motivational speakers, they take these broad stroke, you know, inspirational quotes, this, this poetry to inspire, and then they flip the switch and they write their own books with it. It's still the same content. It's still, you know, and I kind of make that joke that I really don't know from the standpoint of the majority of them, you know, if you're eating better, if you're going to bed, getting the sleep that you need, maybe not drinking so much, if you're having time to take care of your body to exercise, you can get everything from that over a life coach. But to each their own, and we're not going to you know, curtail or, or, or head off in that direction, but it does bring up something. These life coaches that I see in their quotes, they're such oversaturated words that are saying the same things or you need, you need to love this and you need to, you need to love that. And there's so much love. And it's like, you know what? I don't love my work. I don't have any kind of sexual attachment to it. I have an affection for it. I don't have a deep affection for it. I would save that for a woman. I enjoy my work. It's one of my I was about to get myself in trouble there. It's one of my favorite things to do. I just bring back things. It's one of the pieces of my life that makes me the happiest. In working these things, and it's still like being a music producer, in shifting around the choices of sounds, of instrumentation, of harmonies, of dynamics, of tempos, of arrangements... It's the same thing in branding. It's the same thing in brand precision marketing. It's the same thing in titling these episodes. It's not sitting at a board. It's not running around in a recording studio anymore, but it's the same effect. And that's why I just, it's, it's beautiful to me. And I do mean the word beautiful. It's everything, and same thing again, it's everything that I need. 
And in doing that, it gives me the same high that I had on stage in the studio behind the board. But do I love this? And do I catch myself accidentally saying that? Yeah. And then I kind of want to, you know, kick my own backside. The more that we can look at the content that we create inside of the videos, inside of the audios, podcasts and radio shows included, inside of the blogs, the titles of pictures, the, the short tweets and all of it, and really define what we want to say and differentiate it by using the words that we mean and not settling for words that are the hip thing to say of that moment. And that's not necessarily bad with the hashtagging and playing, you know, some of some of those cards for promotion. But overall, what can you do? What can you what can you do to stand out with your words and your titles? And this goes to the headline element of it. Are you headlining all of your social media and all of your content? Or are you creating this long drawn out paragraph that no one's really looking at? Why, why not sit there and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work this headline and then draw you into the content as opposed to expecting people to automatically just jump in right from the start. You have the ability to stand out in the sea of oversaturated people saying the same old, I love this. This is the best. If you don't like this, you know, and, and I stay away from the passive aggressive. And love is right up there with best. And even those choices where people get away from the idea of an opinion and they start stating opinions as facts. Be that different person. State your opinion and justify it as an opinion because then you're never wrong. If you state something as an opinion, it's your opinion, it's your view, nobody can counter that. They can share a different view. But if you sit there and you go out, this is this. You start using the word fact where it's, you know, to somebody else it could potentially be fiction. When you don't have to back, you don't have the material to back it up. Then what are you going to do? You're walking into, you're walking into fire. I've always said with music and I don't judge. I have my favorites and I have the people that I just can't stand. But I always preface that with I like this and this is why. And somebody else wants to tell me they like something that I find absolutely horrible. I'll acknowledge, fine, that's great. That's your favorite. That's why you like it. I'm not right. I'm not wrong. There were certain people that used to come to me and say, well, I know you were a drummer, but I really like this guy. What does my being a drummer have anything to do with anything? If you like a certain drummer, regardless of how I feel, because I'm a drummer, I know more? No, because I'm a drummer, I know how to drum. Just as somebody that's a chef can sit there and try somebody else's food or somebody can have an opinion about, I like spicy, I like steak, I like fish, I don't. People get so wrapped up and a lot of it in this whole snowflake BS. It's again, these words that people overuse them or they reinforce you know, th- their opinion by presenting it as a fact. And what does that do for anybody? So inside of this, getting back to the whole theme of using words like love, using words that should be opinions, but are being stated as facts, using oversaturated things such as, you know, this is the best, or you've got to check this out, or headlines that just don't draw in anything. 
when you are not giving the consideration to invite someone into a conversation, to invite someone to engage, what, what reason do they have to? If they're scrolling down and they've followed everybody that's followed them, and now it's a sea of people. Remember, when you tweet out, how many times are you really being seen? Unless you're really putting a little bit more effort into tweeting not to be seen, not to do the 117 tweets in 24 hours crap, but more so being interesting, being someone that people want to go and see, go check in on their tweets, put in some kind of group so they can catch that. That's much more appealing. I made a comment a couple days ago on Twitter stating putting 116, 117 tweets up in 24 hours isn't marketing. It just makes you a jerk. And a guy came back who had one-upped him um, exponentially, had even more. I didn't count all of his. He said, well, I guess I know where I stand. I couldn't even respond to it. I didn't want to respond to it. I wasn't going to add for one more follow-up tweet for his content. It's, it's awful where these people are just sitting here pushing and pushing and pushing. And they push these words. And they push these phrases. And it's all of the, it's, it's such pressure and dominance. And it's not inviting. And that's the whole, that's the whole theme here. That's, that, that's the whole idea of, of today's episode. Invite people. Invite people with a humility. Invite people with a respect for words. Yes, you can exaggerate at certain times. We all do. I've used the word love out of context um, a number of times. But I'm really trying to find this one, this, this, this balance in trying to make the words that I create, especially the stuff that leads into my content, something that really is going to want to draw somebody in. And not just in a singular given linear moment. If that content, what if somebody went to your Twitter tomorrow, next week, next month, maybe even next year, would that tweet stand? Would it have the quality to draw somebody in? Maybe the content's a little bit older, but are you building something to draw people, to engage people and not just in this quick moment? Is it something just a little bit more, a little bit special, something that people can come back to and connect if, if they scroll down, are they still going to have a good sense of you? And also at the same time, you know, can they immediately get a sense of you? How far does somebody have to scroll to get the idea of exactly what you do, what you're about, what you're creating, what you want people to know? And for these people that are sitting here just constantly putting up all sorts of stuff to... Thank you for following me. Thank you for following me. Thank you for following me. I went to this one page. It was, I I believe it was like 75 thanks for the follows. And I gave up. I don't know what you do. And the bio wasn't well described and the picture wasn't clear and what they did. I just, it got, it got old. It got frustrating and it got me turned off. We've got to make an effort. And this is all of us. I'm putting myself in here too to think about the idea of engagement in the short term and in the long term. How are you interacting? How are you acting? How are you considering your words? Are you hitting your three audiences? I've talked about those in the past. Are you putting up a post that leads in that is still just as engaging for your biggest customer as it is for the person that has no idea who you are? 
because most people inside of their posting, inside of their business pages are pushing so hard to put, to get more sales, more this, more that. And they don't consider the existing fans. They don't consider the people that have been with them the longest, the people that have already spent the money. I'm so honored to have my 10,000th fan. I hate that. I've mentioned that before. I can't stand that. It's like, okay, you've just disrespected 9,999 people. And you've especially disrespected those people that were with you very early on, right in the beginning. You're honored and humbled because you hit a number. How many of those people are actually following you? How many of those people are actually engaging with you? How many of those people have turned conversion for you? And it might be some of the people that were very, very early on. And so now, maybe you didn't state anything regarding um, regarding your respect or your honor or your humility to, you know, number five, number six, number seven. But now here you are and you're all about number 10,000 or number 5,000 or number 20,000. That's horrible. You, you want to thank fans. You want to thank customers. Thank them across the board. And when you consider the people that have already been there and those people that just haven't quite crossed over yet that are familiar with you and at the same time, the people that have no idea who you are. You will do so much better with your long-term engagement, with your messaging, and with your connections. When you open up inside of your content, and you're talking opinions as if they're actually opinions, and prefacing or following that, when you're giving them a piece of information, or a piece of content, or a statement, or a blog, or an audio, or a video, something that they can connect right into, whether they've been with you forever, whether they've just starting to know about you or whether they've never heard of you, that's effective. And then you close out on the bottom. It's that content. It's that good, that content at the call to action. That's where, hey, you interested in working with me? Would you like to find out more? Would you like to know about these products? Here's more information. Why does it have to be in the beginning? Because in a sense, if I walk back into a store, Let's say I walk into a, uh, a shoe store and the day before I bought a pair of sneakers and just, just to really drive the point home, I go into this shoe store. I bought a pair of sneakers, running shoes. I also bought a pair of walking sneakers. I bought black dress shoes, brown dress shoes, and maybe some, maybe some boat shoes and some sandals. It was a hell of a day in the shoe store. Point being, I'm nearby, maybe it's in a mall. I come by the next day, I'm walking by. The person where I just spent that money, the, the person I just spent that money with, the person that, that fit me and all that stuff, where I'm walking out with three bags of, of, of shoes. How am I supposed to react if he's asking me to buy the same ones again? Does that make any sense whatsoever? That's what's happening on social media. You, you are not respecting the audience that you've already captured, the converting audience, by automatically just pushing the same push in the same cell over and over again, and you're turning them away. And because of the oversaturation, the overpush, the cell words that shouldn't be used too heavily on the front side, now I'm annoyed. Now I don't want to follow you. Now I don't want to walk by this store. I just spent a whole bunch of money. Why are you making me spend more? 
Now, on the other side of it, if I walk by there and then the salesman, the one I saw the day before, tells me a joke or he tells me something or some view on the news or he talks about some new shoe that they're going to be getting in, but isn't sitting, isn't setting it up as a push or making some kind of uh, some kind of crack about who can I send there that, that would be needing all the same things. Maybe they'll call it the Lauren package. Now, that's engagement for an existing customer and someone that just spent money, somebody that just bought, that just bought. But at the same time, that joke, that piece of news, that information, that idea of, hey, buy this package of shoes that would include this. It could fit for people that are familiar with that place, maybe that salesperson, but haven't walked in or haven't purchased. And it still works at the same time for someone that has no idea and is passing by for the first time. That's where the three audience, you know, that's where the three audience element in tracking to them works. And that's why you thinking about the words that you use and in the, even in the end of the cell, you're going to love these shoes. Think of that the way Wiley and Sons told me, why am I going to love these shoes? And why don't you give me a better description? Why don't you dig in a little bit deeper early on when there were endorsements and there were, it was getting, you know, different gear, musical gear for discounts or for free. One of the things that I had put together to represent in the best way possible, because I was nowhere near the best drummer, was to phrase in the best way I could what I thought of the gear that I had, how it helped me, how it made me better, and in a descriptive way that would help to stand out. And this is where sponsorships and endorsements come in. I love this car. Okay, you're not really helping me. Tell me about the comfort. Tell me about the gas mileage. Tell me about how it handles. To go into the intricacies and the details. And that's where we're coming full circle in here. That idea of love becomes a shortcut for descriptions. And by shortcutting the descriptions, in a sense, you're losing so many opportunities at three different audiences. Even the people that already purchased, they might hear a descriptor. They might hear something that draws them to tell somebody else. You can do better than it's just a thing or I love this. It's the best. In my opinion, this, there is nothing that surpasses this because X, Y, and Z. Now you're digging. Now you're cooking with grease. Now you're moving You're moving words forward. You're going into engagement. You're having a conversation. You're also not pushing it in somebody's face. You gotta love X. Well, maybe I don't love X. Maybe I don't even like it. Maybe I hate it. And in how you've set that up with me, we're not on the best, you know, mentally, psychologically, engagement-wise, we're not in the best place. But the turnaround, let's say it's food. If you're a big fan of sushi and love spicy tuna rolls and you're in this city, this given place, in my opinion, hands down has the best sushi. And I've noticed in the number of times that I've been there, it just, it seems to be the freshest. The wait staff is great. It's a clean place. Again, extrapolating different pieces, different words to fill up the content, to make it 
a wider level of engagement and a longer conversation. And it's not being overly wordy or going too far, but you're taking things beyond just the vague, beyond the one words. You know, when I do the initial phase, the, 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 usually the first meeting for a branding package, and I ask people, I say, I need some keywords. I need keyword phrases, and I need them to be in phrases of two to four words max, never one. I don't care. You know, there was, there was a woman this morning I met with. She said, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, all right. That's vague. What kind of entrepreneur? What's an emotion you can put around it? What's a descriptor you can put on the front or back of it? Are you something entrepreneurial? Are you an entrepreneurial something? You know, what words can you fly into the front and the back to help that thing stand out and have legs and not just sound like something else? Your ability to dig in, your ability to get away from the simple phrases, your ability to take two seconds and say, you know what, I'm not going to post it yet. How can I organize the words of what I'm sharing, of what I'm saying, whether it be inside of an audio, whether it be inside of a video? And this isn't overproduction. It's not putting all sorts of time into it. You hear me here. I'm making mistakes. I make mistakes on every podcast. I worked with a guy for a while that try to make every single podcast just perfect. And I remember asking him at one point, I said, for all the hours that you put in, for all the breaths that you take out, for all of that, are each of these shows actually converting for the time that you're trying to, you know, make convert? Are you actually seeing the sales because of these things? And he kind of looked at me dumbfounded. He's like, no, well, I don't know. So again, it's not about perfection. And it's not saying that you're not going to slip sometimes and go vague or go short. I do it too. But to have that attention to detail, to think about those things, to take two seconds before you post something, to take two seconds before you say something, to take two seconds and figure out how you can frame something, to draw your three audiences in, to get away from the vague, I love this, this is the best, you've got to do this. All of those phrases and frames that everybody's heard. So differentiate by actually differentiating. Stop using certain words to shortcut. Stop saying the love words. Stop saying the best words. Describe what you're feeling as opposed to telling people you're innovative, you're new, you're, new, you're unique, you're different. What you're doing has never been done before. Here's why it's the best. Here's why you love this actually dig in and explain and justify those words. And it's not that you have to justify yourself. It's that by justifying these words, sharing, extrapolating, describing, detailing, it brings you closer to having an actual conversation online. It brings, it brings the person that may read that headline and go further in to feel like they're being engaged. It's so much more authentic. It's so much less like spam. And it gives you so much more of an opportunity to see more connections that turn into more conversions, that turn into more opportunities and sales.
At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.